Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the second hour is here on this Wednesday edition OutKick 360. Coming up, we've got our NFL overreaction, eliminating some teams from our playoff contention, telling them the GTFO. Got the column out this morning for the uh, NFL Awards Watch, the best players across the league. Uh, we've got thoughts and analysis there. And Josh Booty, former LSU quarterback, also played in the NFL and Major League Baseball, two-sport athlete and the uncle of? General Boote or General Booty. Uh, Josh Booty joins us. Uh, that will be an hour from now. Looking forward to that chat as we'll talk uh, LSU football and, and much more uh, across the college football landscape. Christian McCaffrey rumored to be on the, the move at the trade deadline, which is November 1st. They made it easy on us. The calendar did, they, um, uh, based on where this falls this year. And we're, what, three weeks away, two and a half weeks away from knowing if it's going to be busy or not. There was some movement, you know, Von Miller... And around this time, we were about three weeks away from Odell Beckham Jr. signing with L.A. last year. But this year, the talk is Christian McCaffrey to the Rams. It's certainly more of an occasion than it used to be. Cam Akers is completely in the doghouse. They're looking to, to help him find well, a new home. But what's interesting is, so they still have Odell Beckham Jr.'s locker yeah. in, their, in their locker room. Like it's got his it's a hell of practice a sales jersey. Pitch. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, like he's he's not on he's the team, agent. and he's he's not like he's rehabbing on IR and they expect to release him or something. Like it, he left and and he re, he's recovering from the knee and he, he's it's assumed he's going there. Von Miller, by the way, was the reason why. Well, there were many reasons, but there, a big reason why he's he's friends with Von Miller. Von was traded there and recruited Odell there because it was going to be L.A. or Green Bay. And Vaughn, publicly to the media, says, Odell Beckham Jr. will be a Buffalo Bill. Mark my words. And he said, you know, he recruited him last year. Here's the thing about McCaffrey getting traded. $18.35 million of, of his signing bonus gets prorated. And Carolina has $9.8 million in cap room. So they would have to do a bunch of manipulating to be able to yeah. Take that cap burial. That's the other thing. DJ Moore, a lot of Titans fans in Nashville want DJ Moore. Well, that would be at least 14.65 for Carolina. So do you want to uh, restructure, extend guys on your current roster, not knowing who your next coach is, in order to take that cap beating now? It's a hard thing to do. Um, well, that's what Atlanta's kind of going through. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense to try to do it now if you want to restart, but you have to make some moves that uh, influence the future in order to take that beating now. And if they do it now, Scott Fitterer's keeping his job. They've been, 
I haven't heard that definitive, like a definitive statement saying he's the future GM either. No, but when did Scott Fitterer get hired? It was like four years ago now. In, in conjunction with Rule? No, I think it was right after. So he maybe gets a second. You know, usually if you come in after the head coach, the second guy in generally lasts for a second coach or second GM, whichever you are. Now we know Tepper's got giant money, giant aspirations and all of that. Is he more oh, patient? Was, he was only, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he was recently named there. He was named there oh, yeah. two years ago. He was with I, Seattle. I, I would think he lasts. He has a good reputation coming in. Uh, hasn't had a lot of time to roster build. Um, so now's the time. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't know how much say he has in the coach, but just based on temper. Um, and I think he'd be agreeable to anybody, yeah. you know, having been, uh, being a young GM. But I, I think these cap dollars make things a lot more difficult than a lot of people want to believe. And I understand there's been more trade deadline movement, but it, it again, it's not, it hasn't turned into baseball deadline movement. I just love how it has turned into that for the Rams. <laughs> it right. seems like that, well, the Rams will probably do it. They're just yeah. now the presumptive team because it worked out so well a year ago that they're going to make it happen, even if it looks dire, which quite frankly, it does right now for this Rams team, That's the way they look so far this year, but they don't care. I'm sure they're looking at it and saying, we won it a year ago. We bring in a piece here and a piece there, and we'll be right back in the but playoffs what do they need the with most? a chance to make a run. They need a boost uh, on the offensive line. They need for receiver. Sure. They need receiver, but Allen Robinson's right there. They just haven't figured him out. And so what they well, need is to figure out Allen Robinson, and Armando said it well. He's a 50-50 guy, and Stafford has been unwilling to throw 50-50 balls. That's a kind of figure-it-out-in-house thing. Well, they also – like so it's, it's one of two things – it, it, or it's, it's a combination of both. They're not protecting him. He's been sacked 21 times. And I think he still has that elbow issue. Yeah. And, and he's also back to throwing more picks than he is touchdowns. You know, so that this is the, the bad version of a, a, a combination of a quarterback dealing with something, uh, letting it rip and turning it over, not having a run game and an offensive line that is nowhere close to what it was a year ago, and neither are the Rams. They are certainly, though, more likely than most, to Chad's point, to look at it and say, you know, NFC, nobody's running away with things here. We don't feel like there's anybody that we can't beat. We could get on a well, run. But here, we could get on a run with some tinkering and go do it again. And I know there teams, are other teams that might say, you know what, uh, you know, we'll be we'll, more we'll prudent play. and wait, play the long game yeah. and wait for next season. We might season. get on a run, but we could be more prudent. It's no time to we be giving away draft We might be okay without picks. doing this and bringing this player in. And other other teams, it feels like you could always play the Rams off of other teams as this sort of hot-headed threat that is willing to make a move like that. If they see any opening at all, any inkling of light for a Super Bowl, that they could pounce on it and make that move. Is this the offseason, or not the offseason, is this the year, a season later, where the Packers make a move? Aaron Rodgers has said he expects to add some weapons. They should be in the Odell so uh, here's, market. No doubt. Yeah, I agree. So here, I think here's the issue with the trade deadline this year compared to last year. And maybe it was exactly the same. Maybe not. I, just, I, I feel like we had more sellers. I don't know. I think it's very difficult 
two and a half weeks from now or whatever, November 1st, what date is it? October 19th, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this going, okay, who's going to be selling and who's buying? Who's going to know? What team's going to know? Right now... It's a GM's confidence level. You really. have uh, 10 teams with w- winning records today. 10 with 3-3 three and three records. And then you have 12 with losing records. But those 12... As of right now, the Cleveland Browns are only a game behind the lead in their division. Think about that. Everybody feels in. And no one's buying the Cleveland Browns. But they're thinking, oh, we can go on a run. We're going to get Sean back. So are the Browns selling? No. At least I, w- I wouldn't think they would, not after what they bought into. Yeah, you've Point got being, a lot like, of... Who's, who's buying and who's selling and who's trying to uh, you know, be a year ahead instead of looking ahead to the next year? Also, it doesn't look like, you know, oftentimes we'll think and fans will think, you know, I'm all about getting the tournament. If you can get the seventh seed, even you get in and you take your chances. Um, but it really looks that way right now, right? If you can get in... You're not like, boy, the sure. gap between me is the seven and the one. Maybe you're saying that in the AFC, the gap between you and the Bills and the Chiefs. But even so, you're saying, you know what? This thing's pretty muddled, was your word from earlier in the week, and just the right word. You know, I'll get in the tournament and take my chances. Um, I could see a lot of Jim Fassel in this year. with the, We're putting all our chips in the table. Um, because as of right now, and look, a month from now it could be different. There could be a couple teams that win four in a row, mm-hmm. and things could feel completely different. But right now, they're only, you know, what? Four, well, well, we're going to do our, our picks here later. Every team that I've kicked out of the playoffs, I feel like is definitely not in the playoffs. And what are we, up to six now? So I've got at least six teams I feel comfortable about. No chance. I feel very comfortable with my list that we're going to unveil in a little bit. You've of, got one. Of six teams. I think you both have one that uh, Hutton's got reasonable regret. I think Hutton should have reasonable regret. I think Hutton's regret. got two that I would be concerned about. I'm not concerned about anyone on my list yet. But to your point, Paul, I should be probably because I've said it throughout. This is not a good year for the NFL. There's one great team. There's maybe another good team or two. And then there's a bunch of teams kind of the same middling around the same area, and there's a few bad teams at the very bottom. But I also think you're in a position where if you're one of those middling teams, you kind of know. Let's play this You kind of know whether or not you're really a contender to go on a run and that you should be a buyer right now and not a seller. Let's play this game. I give you right now Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. You don't know how the rest of the season plays out. Oh, yeah. You take it. Or you think something happens the rest I'll, of the season? I would take the field. You take the field. I mean, that's every year in the NFL. Over two teams, I would take a different matchup if it's only two teams. That's probably smart. Saying. But you're going to take it? I mean, I thought you were going to say what I take it versus trying to figure out which other teams make no, a move. Well, versus versus the, the field as the season plays out. Um, well, or you believe in those two teams enough that you think that'll be the best? Is the it best the two game. teams we expect? Right. Right. Well, yeah. And but it's looking awfully good for those two teams. And just off the, the evidence uh, the we have so far. The war of attrition that is the NFL. I mean, we've got a long way to go. Yeah. But like, if we don't have that for, far to go to get to the trade deadline, and right now, I mean, if you're in the NFC South, Tampa and, and Atlanta are both three and three. New Orleans could get their third win tomorrow night against Arizona. Arizona's thinking the same thing. Both of those teams are two and four, and Arizona's getting Hopkins back. So they, they could pick up their third win and think, oh, we have DeAndre Hopkins back. We just won our third. You know, let's go. And then Seattle, 
San Francisco, L.A., all three and three. Geno Smith, fire up. It's really hard not to take the How the is Seattle recency. not a seller today? Yeah, Think about that. Broncos country, let's ride. It's really hard not to take the, <laughs> the, ride, the recency currency bias and say, though, I would sign up for Bills, Eagles right now. Oh, I'd love because to it's hard to I'd love not to that imagine that that would be a great someone, Super Bowl. I mean, look, it's bad One now. of them. Odds Someone's are one of them is not going to be there. Someone's about to reel off six straight wins, and we're going to be saying, man, right. I'd love to see that team. I want to see this Jets team in the playoffs. to see that they're a year ahead of schedule or whoever. There's going to be someone that's going to surprise us for sure. But, yeah, right now it's Bills, Bills in the AFC, Eagles in the NFC. I don't think it's a big surprise. Hey, early lines just came out for two big games coming up in college football. Ohio State, Michigan, and Tennessee and Georgia. Ohio State These by are six. very early lines. It's Michigan at Ohio State. Six. You say six? Michigan at Ohio State. I'm going to say seven and a half. Ten and a half. Wow. Ohio State by ten and a half. Tennessee at Georgia. Hutton, you start with this one. I'm th- okay, I, I know what's coming Tennessee, up too on the show. Keep in mind, this is in two and a half weeks, whereas Michigan-Ohio State, that's Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, so this will be... This will be the first week of November. This is either lopsided one way or the other uh, for emphasis on Tennessee, but the, uh, they value Georgia on a neutral field. So we know they value Georgia at home, which is going to play a factor. So I think they're valuing Georgia heavier than Ohio State-Michigan by three points more. So you're saying, 13? I'm saying 14? 14. I'm saying four and a half. Or 13. Sorry, it's 10 and a half. So 13 you're saying 13 and a half. half yeah. yeah. Four and a half. Hutton was closer. 11 and a half. I think that's. Uh, 10 and a half? I, I so would like to bet on that okay. game right now. So where number. will they be two weeks from now? The spread, I'm saying. Georgia, Tennessee. Who's Georgia playing in the meantime? Georgia has the cocktail party. They're both off this week. They have the cocktail party the week before. Tennessee has UT Martin, essentially a yeah, bye week this Kentucky. Saturday in Kentucky. So, I mean, those two games and how they come out of it injury-wise. Is it a single-digit we'll spread on, by kickoff, or do you think it goes up the way I think Alabama Ten- I think if Tennessee were to beat Kentucky by 14-plus points, 20-plus points, and not have any major injuries, it's a, it's a touchdown line by kickoff. I think if Tennessee – Loses a guy, loses to Kentucky, it's going to be closer to 20. I think it's a, there could be a seven-point swing one way or the other by the time kickoff rolls around. I, I think they beat Kentucky by double digits, 10-12, and Tillman comes back and shows he's healthy in that game. I, I would think it would drive it down. Tillman should be back. Yep. If he comes back and does anything against Kentucky, I think that will play a, a factor I mean, it didn't play much of a factor with the line when he was out uh, for the Florida game initially. So maybe a point here or there. It's interesting. We're away from those games, but those early lines are out. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott medically cleared to play. That according to Mike McCarthy today through Jane Slater. Uh, Tomorrow, they are going to allow him to throw 40 to 50 passes in practice. There you go. Look, it's a good week. They're playing Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Detroit out lets you score. I, I, I mean, they're not capable of stopping you from scoring. That is so. Yes. It, it would be a good week um, f- for him, even if he's not feeling completely right. And Dallas plays phenomenal defense. You would think it's an advantageous week for them. I, I think they would help Goff screw up, though Goff has been generally pretty good. They did just get shut out by New England. 
before the bye. I think it's a nice matchup for them for uh, recovery week. I agree. And they've, you know, the the Lions were banged up going into their bye week. They should be refreshed a bit. But if Dak's coming back, to me, he's ready to go. I would not force the issue against the Lions knowing that you can score on them with practically anyone you want to, yeah. right? And, and knowing that your defense can can build off of what the Patriots just did to them defensively. And you didn't rush it against Philly, though right, exactly. he may not have had medical clearance. But if you didn't rush it for Philly, you're not rushing it for Detroit. So I would buy that he's ready, ready. Um, NLCS, ALCS. We know the Phillies have won. They are, they're about to have first pitch again, aren't they? For game two. I don't know what time it starts. Do you know that I this game is Aaron Nola versus Austin Nola <laughs> brothers? I did not know that. That's no, but crazy. that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, no, it's a, a ba- it's a first, sorry, it's a pitcher-batter brother combo to face each oh. other in pitches. So Aaron Nola's pitching. Austin Nola will hit against him. That game that's starts awesome. hunting in 19 minutes, okay. 3.35 p.m. Central Time. And then tonight, Yankees... I think it's six thirty-seven. So when what what was the? Do we know the travel schedule? It's in New York, correct? No, it's in uh, oh sorry, Houston. So I the Yankees, the Yankees night, celebrated a little bit and then got on the plane. I thought the Yankees but Paul were going to Very confident in the Yankees on the short. No, trip. so it's two three two now. Um, and uh, so oh, Houston I thought the hosts. Yankees were hosting. Oh, I know. I remember what you said. You said the American League's hosting the World Series. Yes. Yeah, that's where I got the mixed Yankees up. collapse late in the season allowed the Astros to, to have the best record. Home field that's where for Paul the was saying the Yankees would be hosting regardless if they can if they go can, on this run can beat the Astros. Yeah, gotcha. So, what was the travel schedule like? I think they celebrated last night for a little while, and then you know it's like leaving for a road trip after you finish a home series. Got on buses, to planes, destroyed that locker room, and, and got out in. of there. It got, was relatively got real subdued. drunk, See, and then got their on field celebration was pretty day. subdued. They, That's they didn't, interesting. You know, so now, now I am really intrigued on Paul's confidence <clears throat> because this entire day, I thought they were hosting. You're like, you know what? They're going to build off of last night. They're going to go right into game one and be fine. We're, I feel very confident about this. But the travel schedule on the top of just the, the wine and, and champagne celebration in the locker room. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious about your confidence, what, where that's coming from. In game one. Verla- Not in the series, Verlander just game one. Had, yeah, just Verlander overrested again. Yankees right? are plus 158 right now. Yeah. Tell I'm us gonna, what to I'm do. Gonna, I'm going to bet on it. I'm going to find <laughs> something else. I'll, I'll pick a home run guy. Well, hang on, Chad's about uh, to make a bet. No, I'm doing it because I'm going into is your the conference. lineup out yet? If Matt Carpenter's starting, I would bet on Matt Carpenter to hit a home run. Two leg parlay right now. I'm going Padres and Yankees money line together. That a five dollar bet would give you twenty bucks. So I, I uh, if people know this if they care. I was mistaken that Cabrera was knocked out of the game on the collision yesterday. It was Hicks that was knocked out, which is good. Hicks's season is over. <laughs> So Hicks sucks. Two of your worst players, but, are but they not have with a left anymore. field question now because they don't have an easy answer in left field. So um, they they promoted now on this this um, Peraza, the rookie shortstop is up. They have Cabrera, so they could play Cabrera in left field and Peraza at shortstop. That would be ideal, but two kids. And so you were talking about the youth of the Indians, or we talked about the youth of the Indians. They could go that route. I don't see a lineup out yet, but it should be out soon. Um, or Stanton can conceivably play some outfield. He's limited. 
Carpenter can conceivably play some left field. He's limited. But in Houston, that outfield and left field would allow for one of those guys for two games. You come back to Yankee, to Yankee Stadium, they can't play out there in a more spacious left field. So the parks could dictate what the Yankees do lineup-wise with left field. Um, and then you could get Carpenter and Stanton in the lineup with one of them DHing and one of them playing left field on the road at least. While we're going through injuries, I'll, I'll go back to football just with the, the practice reports coming out. And I'll start with Thursday night football with uh, the, the Saints. Marshawn Lattimore is out as is Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Andrews Pete and Adam Troutman are also out uh, for the matchup against the Cardinals. Uh, meanwhile, Sunday's matchups are, let me, I'm, I apologize, We an update on uh, Hollywood Brown for the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury says he's out indefinitely, but at least one month. So they got good news back that it was just a fractured foot that did not require surgery, but it's going to keep him out indefinitely. They've got Hopkins back. They have uh, made the trade with the Panthers for Robbie Anderson. So, and, and they they were deep at receiver in the preseason. The, the receiving options are not a massive concern in terms of this and how long they can manage this. And Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, he's dealing with a right thumb injury, and he did not practice today. I normally don't see him on the injury report for not practicing, so I think it's worthy of mentioning that he yeah. did not practice with an injury designation. Well, Wednesday for a quarterback is the, the, the leeway day, if you will. So tomorrow's a big day. And for the Colts, they've been banged up in the backfield. Jonathan Taylor was limited. And Naheem Hines, he has a uh, full participant in practice. He was in concussion protocol. So they may be getting back their two best running backs for Sunday's game at Nissan Stadium. And they had, interestingly, three guys not injury-related. Stephon Gilmore, center Ryan Kelly, pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe, not injury-related, did not practice. So uh, I guess they're resting some guys up, um, the Colts, as they head here for the second Colts-Titans game in a month. There are some teams where practice is doing them no, no good, and for that we're telling them the GTFO. That's coming up next. We'll eliminate some playoff contenders, and we'll just call them pretenders uh, whenever we return. Plus, we have another quarterback returning to the sideline and to the field this week. We will discuss Tua Tungabailoa and expectations for the Dolphins a bit later this hour on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Coming up, we'll discuss the Jermaine Burton incident where he's on camera leaving Neyland Stadium while Vols fans are storming the field, and he hits or slaps a woman in this video that Trey Wallace uh, has wrote about. Uh, he wrote this at uh, outkick.com. And then there's another fan that also gets into like a, a face 
face to the uh, well the other is it was like his uh like he, if you had your like cell phone out him. like this hunting in front of you yeah he like hits the phone up into the guy yeah you know almost like hits smacks the phone back into his face yeah well when he's filming we'll him. discuss the response by Saban by Sankey and others Greg Sankey was asked about this well We'll discuss. I have not seen his response. It wasn't much. <laughs> he was blaming, this is why we encourage everyone to stay in the stands. We've yeah, got so thoughts he, on that. He took the, she deserved it stance that I've gotten a lot on social media. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, some other ridiculous uh, <laughs> play is happening across the NFL. And each week at this time, we're taking a look at some playoff eliminators. It's tough to figure out which teams are contending or pretending at this point. When you look through the records, uh, there are not many really solid teams you trust. And a lot of very average record-wise teams that could go a number of ways. But here's our list of teams we have already decided on that don't stand much of a chance. And I've got uh, at least two on my list that I'm a bit concerned about just based on the, the view of the AFC right now. Uh, I've eliminated the Texans, the Jets in Week 2, the Las Vegas Raiders in week three. And then I tried to, you know, actually use my brain here. Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos. And this week, I'm adding the Chicago Bears. And as I was doing some work for one big thing on every NFL game later, I came across this stat, which I'm not using for Chicago. Justin Fields, for whatever reason, he, you would think like if you're really bad at quarterback, you're throwing very short passes. Justin Fields has completed 23 passes of 10 yards or more. And he has completed only 21 passes of 9 yards or less. <laughs> wow. Now, to understand how crazy this is, I, I was looking through uh, the 33rd team for this, and it, they, they pulled Josh Allen's numbers. Josh Allen, to compare on those numbers, again, 23 for 10 yards or more, 21 for 9 or less. Josh Allen has 85 completions of nine yards or less and 45 completions of 10 yards or more. That's normal. This Bears offense is, for whatever reason, it's pitiful. Fast backwards. Inverted. Right? Like, it, they were inverted. Yeah. I, I'm thinking, what, what, are, what are they doing in Chicago when they actually decide to throw the football? Whatever it is, it's the wrong decision. Also, and they that's don't have why, receivers to catch those 10-yard Plus passes. Yeah, GTFO Bears. Yeah. Some, you were late on the Bears somehow. You know, some crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run and run before you can sprint. The Bears are attempting to sprint before they can move. <laughs> and instead, they're just dead for that very reason. That's, that's what their offense is attempting right now. Uh, and for that very reason, that's why I'm going to eliminate the very same team this week. Yes, I could have done it earlier. But also, I love all the teams that I've eliminated so far. These teams aren't doing anything. Maybe the Colts, but they're going to come to Nashville and probably get beat this weekend and go back to sleep, go back into their slumber. Commanders in week one, Texans in week two, Panthers in week three. Feel great about those. Yep. Colts, I feel less great about. Broncos country, let's ride. Let's ride right out into the offseason because you're not going to the playoffs. Russell Wilson's terrible. Nathaniel Hackett's one and done. Love that pick in week five. Week six, I'm going with the Bears. Paul, you said last week we were waiting too long on the Bears. I knew we would come around. I even said, you know, I think this was right before the Thursday night game. We did this a week ago. I'm thinking, if they lose to the Commanders, they're definitely going to be the easy pick for week six to eliminate from the playoffs. Because of that, Bears, you're out. 
this week. I'm with you. I had one. Uh, one. Are you go- no, you've already had Chicago out. Yeah, I had Chicago out a, a while ago. Is I, this the uh, week you're going Denver? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Denver. <laughs> a big surprise here. Uh, Panthers, Commanders, Texans, Bears, Steelers, who I have no regrets about. They pulled the nice upset of sure. the Bucks. The Bucks also are bad right now. And, uh, you know, that was an anomaly. They're still terrible. And the Broncos, we all agree. I mean, the Broncos... I didn't think the Broncos – I thought the Broncos would be the last place team in the AFC West. I don't have a lot – I'm not as big on Russell Wilson as anybody – as most people coming into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I never expected it would be this bad. And I think I think the Broncos are the single biggest story in the league, that they are this atrocious. I think it's a bigger story than Philadelphia being 6-0. and I think it's a bigger story – then the Bills being five and one and having beaten Kansas City and potentially lining up what about the Giants? for the AFC to go through. Giants, I think, are, right, are there. right there with them. But the the Broncos, because they've been on national TV so much, Hutton are bigger because everybody's seen it. Everybody hasn't seen the Giants doing what they're doing. We've got to stop seeing. We've got to create new flex rules just to get the Broncos off TV to save all of us. Chad's right. NFL football's been bad this year, but if they keep showing us the Broncos, there's there's no way out of it. The Broncos are horrible. So I think you each have one to have trepidation about. You came in last week and said it outright about the the Jets. Uh, Chad, I think the Colts suck, but there there's a yeah, real I mean, if I'm path worried about for anyone, them. It's the Colts. I don't think there's a real path for any of my teams. I, I just don't. So I, I brought in a. Um, what about the Steelers after that win I, over the I Bucks? Don't, I, I don't think there's a path in that. In that Does it make you a little bit nervous after no. they upset Tampa? I think it's an anomaly. Yeah, me neither. There's probably my next team on the list. <laughs> the thing is that, like, <laughs> I'm asking because I've circled I, them as my next team. But I have to say, I think this is a good game that we're playing, and I think in three weeks. If things continue as they are, it's going to get really hard. Oh yeah, I think it's already kind of difficult because the I again because like, of the muck. Yes, because everyone's just yeah. getting the muck the in the wash right now, and it's not. There's no one separating enough. I mean, I think that Pittsburgh win over Tampa is a, a great example. We're going to start That's to a game. Get, you think, oh, Tampa's a double-digit favorite. They're going to go up there with Tom Brady, and they're going to win, and they're going to start to beat Tampa with Tom Brady again, and they lose to Kenny Pickett. And Pittsburgh, who had looked awful in the prior weeks, it's just everyone's. It's going to be fun for in here. this dirty wash right now. The NFL. So the Steelers and the Brown, the Browns played the Ravens this week in Baltimore. With a win, they will have the same record as Baltimore. The Bengals uh, this week are back home. If they lose and the Steelers win, they're, I'm not saying they're the playing. The division I'm, will be the same. Exactly the same. Right now, you have two teams at three and three and two teams at two and four. And a lot of head-to-head matchups to come. This is not the AFC South, is my point. Yeah, and I'd say that's unlikely. But in the way this year is going, I won't be surprised a bit if Monday morning, that's and it, where and we at are. at some point, they're getting TJ Watt back, right? And they do have Mike Tomlin as their head coach, who we all trust, to get it on. I mean, we haven't seen him have a losing season, which is remarkable. And if he's going to do it, it's going to be this year, but he somehow finds a way. So I, I wouldn't be concerned either, Paul, about yeah. the Steelers. I'm, I would be, I'm more concerned about the Jets. 
with their four and two. Record. I'm most concerned on my list with the Colts, especially if they even the score with the Titans this this Sunday. So that's, really that's a massive game for the Colts. Massive. massive I, I mean, they've the had some big games that we've seen, but the Titans can lose this game, and they're even with the Colts in terms of the tiebreaker and stuff. It becomes harder for them, and there's there's no runaway scenario. If the Colts lose this one, the Titans aren't going to run away to the degree that they did last year, but they're sitting pretty, pretty. Titans have the toughest schedule because of finishing first. Yeah, but some of, those, some of those games that we tabbed as tough schedule for the Titans. Not like as difficult. Packers don't look real tough. I mean, it's hard to go to Lambeau and win, but I'm not particularly scared of the Packers right now. Not certainly not the way we were scared of the Packers at the beginning of the season. We say the Titans are not going well, to Lambeau Field on a Thursday night and win it. But here's the thing. No one's scared about the Titans either. No, agree, agree. I mean, let's also add that in but there. But they have this thing where they win win games. Ugly. Like, that they Yeah, but I mean, on their schedule. You're, you're Kansas be- City's a bad, a bad game. But like Denver before the season we thought was a game that would be challenging to them. I can't see them losing to the Broncos. I don't see anybody losing to the damn Broncos. Um, you know, I, I just think, look, they could win three out of the next four very easily, and it would be hard to ignore their record, despite the fact that we know their deficiencies, which are, are obvious and aren't taking them anywhere in the playoffs. Uh, right now at OutKick.com, I've got the NFL Awards Watch, my weekly column at OutKick. I've got... Josh Allen as the MVP. I led with this this week because we saw the MVP showdown. I still have Mahomes, number two. And Jalen Hurts is on my list as well uh, with the, the accolades. He didn't have the greatest stat sheet, but he's on my, my two to watch, Mahomes and Hurts. Because Hurts and what he's done offensively is... When you look at the, the top receivers in their offense and the, the numbers and points they're putting up, the second quarter alone is insane for Philly with their overall numbers. Yeah. I, I think you've got the right three. I may spin off of your thing this week and write about how you didn't have to consider for a second two guys who've won a bunch of MVPs in, in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who you probably, when you started this thing at the beginning of the year, figured would be regularly rolling through your list. Yeah, I kept them off. I mean, my, my one correct prediction of the 100 that were wrong is I thought this would be the year that we would see the passing of the guard, of the torch, a bit. Now, again, we have a long way yeah, to go on but that. But so far, you're They can out. make it back in. And if one of those two quarterbacks make a run, they're making this list fast. Because it's going to be about them. Yeah, a lot of press. Offensive rookie of the year is getting really good. Brees Hall is awesome. He's terrific. I got him on one of my fantasy teams, he, and that guy's putting up numbers. He's awesome. He, he followed up a big game in week five where he had 20 carries, 116 yards, and then he forced five missed tackles in Green Bay. And then he housed a long touchdown run on this inside trap play where he just takes off and does a Lambeau leap. Uh, awesome. Sauce Gardner, same thing for the Jets, wearing the cheese head after the game. I mean, both of those guys, back-to-back weeks, are leading my column for the rookie awards, and they're producing the week after to where it, it's hard to pass them. They got raves but, for that draft, the Jets, and their top two guys are living up to the bill. It's stacking up nicely. It's one of those rare things that appears to be great and has been great early on. And, and you rarely say that about the New York Jets. Yeah. This is where it gets really interesting for Brees Hall because right now it's him and then there's a couple of rookie receivers that have been good. 
Uh, and it, we don't give this to offensive line. I say we will never see an offensive tackle. No. Whenever you're comparing it to have to, to a, be the second coming of Anthony Munoz. Bailey Zappi made my contenders list. I only named two along with my winner. And Zappi, there, there are some vibes here. Not, I mean, it's, you can tell something is interesting behind the scenes in New, New England, right? And he's lighting, he, he's, he's carrying he's the torch He's got some record numbers, right? Yeah, or, or. yeah. He's, the, he's the first rookie since Sonny Jurgensen in 57 <laughs> to win his first two career starts and have a 100 or better passer rating in each of those games. It's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing great things, and they're scheming that up, and they're, their defense, I mean, again, this is a formula for him to come in and have success, and it should be a formula for Mac Jones as well. And he's not getting used to not having Josh McDaniels as opposed to Mac Jones, who apparently, according to Albert Breer, is having some issues. Three weeks ago, he's a third stringer. Three weeks later, he's a part of the column that I'm discussing for top offensive rookies. The guy that I think we're about to see not getting mentioned enough, but he's really good, is Drake London. I left him in this week. Uh, and the, the reason I don't think he has a chance at this is we're about to see Atlanta, who's 3-3, three and three, continue with their identity, which is running the football. They're only throwing it like 16 times a game. And it's going to be extremely difficult, unless London's going to take one to the house every week, to make up some ground and win that. He was really good to start the season. And get this on tape. Me crediting Marcus Mariota. Uh, he played an excellent game this week in an Atlanta win. And he's been more than they had any reason to suspect. I'm still going to say I expect he gets hurt somewhere along the way here. But um, looks like a smart call by, uh, by, by that regime and Arthur Smith at this point. Uh, one more to mention on, on the Defensive Rookie Awards is uh, Tariq Woolen, the corner in Seattle. Start paying attention if you have not already. Somehow, and I don't know how this happens, how much do we talk about speed at the combine? It's all we talk about. That's right? it, right? The dude ran four two six at the combine. I miss, He's from UT I, I San Antonio, and he fell to the fifth round. Right now, he leads the entire NFL in total takeaways, and he's tied for the lead in interceptions with four. He's had four straight weeks with a pick, and he is doing great things for a Seattle defense that is getting takeaways and allowing Geno Smith. To, to take off. Here's the comparison, though, that drew my attention this week. The similarities between Woolen and former Seattle Seahawks corner Richard Sherman are crazy. Both players in college converted from wide receiver to corner. Both players were fifth-round picks. And what Woolen, by the way, this is even crazier, selected 153 overall. Sherman was 154. And both had four interceptions to begin their NFL career in year one. Now, Woolen has a chance a to do a lot more with that. We will hear more about him. We haven't seen enough of Seattle, like as a country, I'm saying. They're kind of sneaking up on everybody. It's because they've got a rookie class a lot like the Jets. On the offensive line, Charles Cross is playing well. And Mississippi now State. Kenneth Walker III's in, his ba in the backfield. And they have Geno Smith tearing everyone to shreds. Uh, through the passing game with some good wide receiver play. There you go. There's NFL awards for, for week six. Uh, you can read all more players uh, available at outkick.com. Good uh, job. One of the, uh, thank you. One of the players that was uh, in the column for like the first three weeks of the season was Tua Tagovailoa. 
he dropped out because he's been in concussion protocol. He's back. He's been cleared. He's playing this week. We discuss what he had to say about this entire two-and-a-half-week saga where we haven't heard from him, and they've been losing games. What happens now for the Dolphins? That's next on Now Kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Glad you're with us. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Tua Tagovailoa is back and says he's ready to go. He's cleared. And Mike McDaniel even said they have gone above and beyond even the enhanced concussion protocol to make sure that he's ready to return to practice and ready to return to the field this Sunday. So we'll, we'll see Tua out there. He says he remembers everything up to the hit and then doesn't remember anything on the field from that point, like getting carted off. The and second stuff. game, which was the Broncos, right? Yes. Uh, no, the, the Bengals. The Bengals. Sorry, Thursday yeah, night game. Sorry, Bengals. Yeah. So yeah, that, B teams yeah, so that, that is uh, his recollection of it. But the good news is, I mean, there are some guys, Joe Burrow has said that there, there are times where he'll take a hit. And he's, Burrow's never been in concussion protocol in the NFL, so I'm assuming this is LSU or at some point in his career. But he's admitted, like, there are times where you forget a sequence of a game and, you know, you're still there, right? But, but you're you, still playing and no one would notice it, yeah, which is or, weird. Or you don't remember what happened prior to your injury from the game. Look, we're looking for emergent teams in a league that is muddled and muddy. This was the emergent team before this concussion stuff sidetracked Tua. And um, I bought in. I think you bought in. Yeah. I, I'm not sure about you, Chad. But we, Mike McDaniel, I love Mike a McDaniel. solid I guy, him. and Tua was playing way beyond what I expected. I was ready uh, and saying I was wrong about this guy. Um, still, Tyreek Hill, is, is, uh, got, he's on pace for 1,900 receiving yards. I'm hopeful for their sake, he uh, that Tua plugs back in, does not have any kind of head trauma issues, anything. Vital that he make it through the first game without anything. And if they can get back on track, I expect them to get back into that emergent team category. And I think the AFC can become a four-team thing again where we're not just talking about Buffalo and Kansas City, but where we're also talking about Miami and I think Cincinnati. Um, and I want two more teams at least to get into the mix there because we need more. I want the AFC to be what we thought it was going to be, which was stacked. And it ain't stacked right now. But I think the reason Miami, the only reason Miami's not the third team is because of the sidetrack concussion thing. So this is Sunday Night Football. Steelers at Dolphins. And keep in mind, Kenny, Kenny Pickett left last week's game. He, has, uh, he was a full participant in practice today. So 
maybe we see they go back to Pickett. Do they go with Trubisky and Air? Again, we'll we'll find out. But the story of that game is clear, and they're getting a big reintroduction of Tua on Sunday Night Football on NBC. And Jalen Waddle was limited, I believe. We'll we'll double check that. But the the uh, I know Mike McDaniel said that there's a chance that he's he's progressing with his injury. But going to Tyreek Hill briefly. Tyreek Hill, this past week against the Vikings, he, he was Miami's offense in a loss. 12 catches, 177 yards in that game. Uh, according to NFL research, there have been six instances of a player recording at least 10 receptions and 150 receiving yards in a game this season. Tyreek Hill is three of those instances, of those six, already. The guy is on fire. Incredible. And I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Tua. I mean, that, that's yeah. a story that, that we're going to follow all year, obviously. We're big Mike McDaniel fans, I think, on this show, so we love the start they got off to. I hope that he can re-enter the game and get right back to where he was or close to it pretty quickly because that offense was operating at a good click when he was quarterbacking. No doubt. Uh, Waddle officially limited today, so they may have the What's full the arsenal back. I think it was a groin, maybe. Our aggravation uh, there. Um, yeah, I want them at full strength. If it's uh, not, it's a calf. Because Hill and Waddle were both on the injury report at one point a couple weeks ago with one of the two. Um, either way, Tyreek Hill's getting his. He, has, he leads the NFL with 701 receiving yards, whether or not two is there or not. I mean, he's at 1,000 in no time. Yeah. Should be a fun game. Good game. Well, the NFL hasn't given us many of those. Close game, maybe. Sunday night's been better than Monday Thursday. Thursday. Still not good. <laughs> Josh Booty joins us next. He'll we'll be talk good. LSU football.